justice. Yes, and the people have to realize, they got to realize too the importance of even with her case to them being qualified immunity in that area. When families stick into the fight and people got to realize too, when it comes to civil lawsuits, people love to say, oh, it's blood money. No, it's setting precedents for other cases that are behind these cases. So you can prove a point. So it's very important her family sat in the fight and is stuck in the fight. So that we realize that you can you can be qualified immunity. You got to stick in the fight. You got to be persistent and consistent in order to, to be qualified immunity. Your, your family actually did. You guys did it. Yeah, and and exactly what you're saying. Also, you know, it's there's so many families are going to experience those times when they're trying to force mm -hmm. us to take a settlement, force us to mm -hmm. just drop it, scare us they out do of it. That. It's happening so much, you know, yeah. and I understand it's a scary place for families to be. I knew with my brother's case specifically and the evidence we have, once it's actually pulled out, you know, you'd it's it's there. They've right. the whole world. Yes. It, and and you know, I feel bad for families if we don't have the evidence, if we don't have the videos, mm -hmm. if there were no witnesses, I'm thankful that we eventually, you know, it took years to get what we got, but I Got am it. thankful that we know the truth because it's what I always knew, but I didn't have the physical evidence and now we do. So I tell families, you know, fight, just fight it. Good evening, everyone. My name is Roxanne Johnson. My son's name is Jamal Bird. He was killed by DC Metropolitan Police October 1st, 2019. I'm here with my wonderful co-host, LaToya. Good evening, LaToya. Hey, good evening, you guys. I am LaToya Benton, the mother of Xavier Hill. Xavier was killed at the age of 18 by two Virginia State Troopers, uh, January 9, 2021. Um, I'm honored tonight to be joined by Mr. Samita. You want to go ahead and get a brief intro to yourself, please? You on mute. Unmute yourself. Yeah, my name is Anita Wills, and um, my grandson, uh, my oldest grandson, Kerry Baxter Jr., was 19 years old when he was when he was lured to a park in East Oakland, and two policemen were called, and they beat him up, chased him around the corner, and shot him in the back. Mm. And his case immediately went cold and has remained cold to this day, even with two witnesses. And the witness told us what happened, told us who these people were and how, why they were there. And um, so I'm here on behalf of my murdered grandson, Carrie Baxter Jr. Now, this, you say the case of media went cold. What, what do you mean? Like, what, what, I didn't hear you say, when did this happen again? January the 16th, 2011, the, the people invest, investigating are the ones that killed him, the police department, and it immediately went cold. And whenever I pushed for it, they have gone to the family, they have gone to his mother and told her that I was impeding their investigation so that she would come after me. And that, that is what they do in our community. They turn us against each other. Mm. And the two people, the two witnesses, one of them was, a, was an ex-girlfriend. He had broke up with her. And she went to the house and begged him to take her to that place. 
wish, you know, just take us down there, her and her friend. And then when they got down there, she told us her friend got on the phone and these two men dressed, black men dressed in black came and beat Carrie up. They broke his jaw, his face, facial bones were broken even in his casket, mm -hmm. ran after him, chased him. It was on a Sunday night. They chased him in front of a church and they killed him. He died in front of a San Antonio's Park Church, San Antonio Church in East Oakland, California. And the neighbors said that the only people around him were the police. They wouldn't even let the priest from the church give him last rites. The priest told us the police would not let him near the body to give my grandson last rites. Nor there was like three, three off, three um, three pastors there. Two pa there's three churches on that block. And the two other pastors came and they were all asking to give him last rites to pray over him as he was dying. And the mm. Oakland police said no. Mm. So I'm one of those people. There is no video. There are witnesses. Mm. The neighbors saw a black man in black chasing my son, my grandson. And the police told me that he was killed by a drive-by shooter. Even after the witnesses, the girl that took him down there told us that, that they had called. No, not, not that she had called, but her other friend had called. And these two, you know, uh, policemen came, beat him up and chased him around the corner. And so the police never, I guess, okay, I guess the problem with the confused about is that, so the police never took, I guess, um, actual responsibility for Carrie's death. Am I flying it wrong? Right, right. They have not taken any responsibility. Um, in fact, what they did was put out on the streets to these uh, people they have on the streets, met, you know, many of them, which are um, informants. So when I'm out and I'm out protesting with other people, you know, then they're putting out there, oh, he was killed by a drive-by shooter. Mm. When I when I know from the neighbor's description, there was someone chasing him and he was shot center mass in the back. Uh, this reminds running. me, I don't mean to interrupt you, but because I I think part of that, you know, when we hear stories like this, people they tend to say, you know, um, that's not true, but but Right. This reminds me of another case. Um, I'm not sure if you heard of her. Her name was the Shayla Harris. The Shayla was killed uh 2021, same year Xavier was killed. Uh, another guy was killed right beside the Shayla named Donovan Lynch. The police took uh account for his death, but not for the Shayla's death. They got right. killed literally right beside each other. Mm. So it's almost like this happens more often than what we think it happens. We just want, sure. so we see the news create a certain narrative. We will call it, we roll with that and not what the evidence presents itself as. And it's, and the people in the community don't want to believe that the police conspired to kill. Right. And, and they were harassing my grandson. The reason he was being harassed is because he is the namesake of my son who they 
arrested. My grand, my son was taken from him when he was 10 years old and put in prison for something he did not do mm. by the Oakland police. The same one that's supposed to be investigating the murder of my grandson. And they were harassing me because I'm blogging about them lying and what they did to my son. Covering and, up. Huh? Covering up. I'm sorry. I didn't get what you said. Oh, no, I was saying doing the cover up. Yeah. Yeah. And so my son is, you know, he, he has, him and my grandson were very close. That's his namesake. They're both Carrie Baxter, you know, senior and junior. That was his part. He, they took him away and then they harassed little Carrie, who was 10. And, and Carrie told me, little Carrie, he said, mom, grandma, they're going to kill me. Mm -hmm. I said, what do you mean? No, the police, they already told me. He said, they come down by my other grandmothers and they put their fingers up to my head and shoot, you know, like, you know, and then they laugh. Then they said, oh, you're Carrie Baxter senior son. And they have been doing that. And I, I even took him out, you know, to live with me because I live in a, you know, I don't live in Oakland. I live outside of Oakland. So I had him with me, like, you know, for a whole semester to make sure he went to school and everything. Mm -hmm. And then he went back to his mother's and then he would come back and stay with me. The last time he stayed with me, he was like um, 17 and he stayed with me until he turned 18 and he went back to his mother's. And the next time I saw him, he didn't even look like himself. He said, Grandma, the police harassed me. I can't even get a job. I can't go out. They took my ID. He's talking about the Oakland police. And his mother, I told her, and she said, uh, oh, they just can't find nothing on him. You know, they just messing around with him. And But he was really seriously depressed when I saw him the last time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the next time I saw him, he was in a coffin. Mm -hmm. And he had told me, they're going to kill me, Grandma. And mm -hmm. I told him, so we were talking about him going to college, which he was supposed to do. And um, he had graduated from high school and he was supposed to go to college, but he never, you know, he didn't want to leave his mother and his brothers. But I told him, I says, okay, we're gonna, you know, get you in college. Your cousin is in college in Florida. We gonna send you to Florida. You don't have no kids. You're free, you can go wherever you want. And the cousin was there and he said, come on. He said, I'm gonna take you, you know, because we can get you in college in Florida. Take care of him there. So, so tell me this here. Tell me this. When it comes to his case, because you said the, the case went cold, right? Um, yeah. Have you guys tried to anything, you know, to prove that the police did kill Gary? Have you done anything as far as that is concerned? We went, I went and I filed a complaint with the police review board in 2012. Okay. And they did a report. And they also did a report about my son, who I said was wrongfully convicted. This is the Oakland Police Review Board. And they closed the report and said, we can't give you a copy. They just closed it. Why so not? They, Why couldn't I give you a copy? Why couldn't I give you a copy? They said because of the police, um, peace officer's bill of rights. So why did they even do an investigation if you're going to do it and not give me a copy of the report? The mm -hmm. same thing with the IAD. 
they they have a report about what happened and that guy the police officer who was on the head of the case the one who arrested my son and then the one who they put on you know as the investigator of my grandson's murder he resigned right after they closed the report he left the police force and then you know became an inspector with the da's office but i was complaining about him because that dude had been harassing me listening in on my phone going talking to my landlord you know i don't even live in oakland i live outside of oakland what are you doing all that for just because i'm blogging or i'm talking about my son being innocent mm -hmm. you know and then you're harassing my grandson and they were harassing the mother telling her they were going to take the kids away because you know she wasn't cooperating with them and she was scared that her kids would be put in foster care mm -hmm. so they're harassing her she you know and um they're complicit they just they conspire to come after certain people in the area. They went after my son and wanted him to be an informant. And he told them no. And so they continued to harass him, would pick him up in the streets, arrest him, hold him for 72 hours and make it impossible for him to keep a job, you know? And, um, you know, this is life in, in Oakland. In, in the Bay Area. In fact, because the sheriffs where I lived, they were harassing me too. And talking, you know, I'd be riding down the street and they would be honking their horns and, and, and laughing and stuff. They were harassing me too. Well, say, uh, I don't think it was um, Oakland. I don't think it was in California. I read today. Uh, there was another shooting that was out there today, this morning, I think at 5 a.m. They didn't miss the person's name. So I'm not mistaken, they said it was 20 shootings, so officer involved shootings so far in Oakland. Right. 20. 20. And, and so, none of the officer, none of the DA that they had before, her name was Nancy O'Malley. She never, she arrested, I think, two officers. She was in office since like 2009 or something until she just, uh, she's out of office as of 2023. But now the new DA, who is a sister, the first black DA in our county, they're recalling her. And she's only been in office since 2023. So they're, you know, they're trying to stop her from investigating the police. They don't want anybody that's going to investigate the police or open up cold cases because they, they're starting to open up the cold cases. And um, I have a lot of faith in her that she will open up my son's case, you know, or your grand my grandson's case. Yeah. So you Have you made a formal uh, request to have her open your grandson's case or? How yeah. I mean, I have written to her and yeah. I have talked to her because I met her in person. I mean, I supported her when she was running for the office mm -hmm. and I told her about my son and I told her about my grandson. And I'm also a part of Mothers Against Police Brutality, you know, um, and, um, I feel like if I'm, if I just sit in my house, then I'm a sitting duck. But if I come out and talk about it, then I have, you know, they're not likely to, you know, come after me, mm -hmm. but they have not, they have harassed my grandson who lives with me. 
who is my other grandson's brother, they pick him up and take him to um, the county jail and drop him off. You know, during COVID, they were picking him up and wouldn't even put a mask on it. Just, you know, and I said, and I asked them, I said, um, did they have a mask on? He was, he was, yeah. I said, did they give you a mask? No. So you someone know. you like you've been traumatized over and over again by the same police department. Right. So tell me this, as far as uh, the community is concerned, uh, because mm -hmm. like you said, the case is a cold case right now. You have right. a DA who is a new DA. Um, yeah. I'm not sure you watched. You had Oscar was on this, uh, was on the show a couple uh, weeks, little months ago. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of the same thing with this case. You know, was the reapproach here with the same DA. And again, even if that DA says no, you know, you can still go again to the DA behind that one and still approach him again. Right. So what can we as community do to help you guys out as far as pushing that, you know, agenda forward? What I've done, what I need help with is we went to the attorney general and told him. And, um, you know, we asked him for help because, and this was before Pamela, you know, the new DA came in. This was when, O'Malley was DA. This was when OPD, you know, was doing what they're doing. And he said, oh, um, I can't take the case, but um, I'll work with the Oakland Police Department. I, that's after I told him what I just told you. Mm. And he he's actually from here. You know, he actually came up in Oakland and became, you know, he's the attorney general. He was the appointed attorney general. But I knew him, I know him from the community, you know, and um, he, you know, he's, to me, these people are afraid of the, of the police department. It's like the biggest gang in the country. Yep. And everybody is afraid. The community is afraid, you know, and um, the only one, you know, I'm talking, I'm speaking out because that's all I have left. That's all I have left. You know, and the fact uh, seeing my grandson in that casket with his face so messed up, they couldn't even fix it. Mm -hmm. That just broke me. That just tore me down. Mm -hmm. And my son couldn't even be there for his grandson at his funeral. You know, he's still in prison, mm -hmm. you know, and they just. Um, they're they are like. They are being shored up by the government mm -hmm. because they have they have that police peace officer bill of rights. They got the bill of rights, and they talk about oh the Supreme Court. We're gonna you know go to the Supreme Court. That Supreme Court, they live underneath of the police. The police are the ones that are keeping all these people in power, mm -hmm. you know, and keeping us uh, oppressed. It's a cycle. It, yeah, it is. It is. And they and now because of um, you know, when Black Lives Matter came out, they are blaming the, the, the crime on Black Lives Matter and all of all of our organizations that are here for civil rights. They're not blaming anything, any crimes on the KKK or the Proud Boys or none of them. It's all the Black Lives Matters because how dare they stand up and fight back against the system. Anytime we stand up and fight back against the system, they blame us. Yeah. So, the, so they're the allowing, you know, all kinds of crimes or either, 
I don't think it's any more crimes than it was as far as stealing and stuff like that. But every time there's a, something going on, they blame it on the sister, the black DA, Pamela Price. Even though the police are the ones not arresting, the police are, are the ones collecting money and not on the streets. They blame, they're blaming everything on our, our progressive African-American DA. And the, and the DA before her, the Caucasian woman, they blame nothing on. 70, 70 black and brown inmates at Santa Rita jail, the county jail, have died in custody since 2014. No one has been arrested. Even though there's a there's a video of uh, Dewan Armstrong being asphyxiated. There's a YouTube video of it. Then there's another video of another um, young man who was, um, he would have mental health issues and he died in the cell and they left him in the cell dead for a couple of weeks. And there's a video of that. But think, none of them have been arrested. None. I think part of what we can do as a community is maybe help apply that pressure, you know, so that the DA who is currently in office right now will possibly look into Karen's case. Is that what the community can offer on our end? Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds like something that can be helpful. Yeah. Do you have the information for the um, DA district attorney in um, that part of California in Oakland or yeah okay because uh, we 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 do our audience we we encourage them to act to be about action and so right. email if we can call um, the, the uh, district attorney that's or or um, the prosecutor um, who's responsible for uh, investigating the case and encourage mm -hmm. to open the case right so that uh we can see what would happen because uh yeah we we need to pro as latoya says you know we need to get loud and apply pressure to them and let them know and if we have a a, a, a you know someone who is um favorable da pamela price all mm -hmm. county is that yes who? yeah okay um, it, it, someone who's favorable, then perhaps, you know, we had, we've had a guest, um, Oscar Rubina, who was able to get his case reopened um, by requesting when they, when there was a new um, a district attorney um, elected by the people. And right. so perhaps that's something that we can do in your case. You know, yeah. we, we have to use all the tools. We already okay. talked about using all the tools. So not just, you know, one and 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 then don't don't uh you know like they want us to go away but right. we're not going away <laughs> we're not yeah and even like she said too as well i like how she said too that like you said all the time we gotta register and vote yeah. she said herself the da who's in office right now she actually supported that da while she mm -hmm. was campaigning to get into right. the situation right now so we have to, like, again, like Roxanne just said, utilize all the tools in the toolbox. So if you're supporting these DAs and they, like, actual donations and stuff to run mm -hmm. for office, to get into campaign, to get into office, again, hold them accountable. You know, don't let them get, you know, who you are as a person and what happened to your family member. 
Um, right. Now, I want to just do a couple of calls and ask you guys real fast before we do wrap up. And it's about 930 here. Um, okay, thanks. Okay, real fast. Um, as we say all the time, the podcast is about, you know, action. Right. And moving forward. That's what we're about, action. Uh, Mel, you could real fast the first flyer if you're ready, please. All right. So, y'all, we have had uh, Nikki on here uh, before about her cousin, William Green. Um, if I'm not mistaken, court is November 27th. Um, it, correct me in the chat if I'm wrong, but court is on November 27th. These flyers will also be posted onto our Facebook page, our Instagram pages as well. Okay. The flyers are not just to look at and read. It's called a call to action for a reason. My mom would always say to us, people make time for what they want. So please be sure to call in to this office as well. Like I said, court is on November the 27th in uh, Prince George's County. If you are in that area, please come out, support the families, support, mm -hmm. support. Um, next slide, Mel, if you have it ready, please. All right. We also have Fred Cox. Um, court will be coming up December the 4th, 2023. That's going to be down in North Carolina. Um, you can also go on Facebook and on Instagram as well to follow Fred's story. Also, his mom, Tanika Shannon, follow the story in there as well. But the main thing is don't just follow the stories, you guys. A lot of injustices happen in empty courthouses. So please, mm -hmm. you can make the sound. Please come out and support this family in court as well. I'm on December the fourth, two thousand and twenty-three. Mm. Yes. And, and um, can I just add that you know sometimes we think that yeah, um, we, you know, we are thinking about our loved ones. I I lost a son. Latoya mm -hmm. lost a son. Miss Anita lost a grandson. But mm -hmm. the the truth of the matter is. If one of us gets justice, all of us get all justice. of us get justice. Yeah. Right. So it's not just about my my personal fight. Right. It's about our collective fight. So yes. we try to get a different mindset about this. That yeah, yeah, I want justice for my personal fight, but I also want justice for everyone's fight. Everyone that right. deserves to have accountability for what happened to their their loved one. Yeah. Right. And so when we we're saying, you know, um, help out uh, Fred Cox's um, family members, right? Yeah. Or help out William Green's family members or help out Miss Anita's family members. Mm -hmm. We're doing it as a collective because we understand that right. the, the, when we all come in one voice, we are loud and they cannot ignore us. Right. So we can pack courtrooms, make phone calls, do emails register and vote right right yes the more power we have the reason why people don't want you to vote is because they don't want you to participate in this thing called power right right we say all the time and say one band one sound right yes. so that's really what it is it's one band one sound we gotta still be on the exact same tunnel vision path you guys so we're gonna all if you have a call or action you can share uh, please send it to us. We can always make sure that we're sharing uh, the call actions as well. But like I said, too, it's not just to share the call actions. It's to really pack the courthouse. Like, seriously, we can't make it. Yeah. Since the college kid can do so. But the whole objective is to pack the courthouse. All right, Mel, the last event we want to um, share with you guys, I am pleased and proud to announce that Life After the Impact will actually have a live event coming up 
Um, on November the 14th, we'll be live at Busboy and Poets in Washington, D.C. Um, we do have limited seating. So we have an event on Eventbrite. You can go ahead and get your tickets there. It's absolutely free. No charge for us. We want to have some important discussions in person about how we can move forward in the fight for justice. So if you're in the D.C. area or in the front of the D.C. area, please come out and join us on November the 14th at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Busboy and Poets in Washington, D.C. for a live conversation about the fight for justice and where do we go next. Yes. Can I share this with you, my book? Oh, yes, please. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. I don't think you can see it that well. <laughs> you can look full blurry. Yeah, you're gonna have to take your phone or your screen off or blur for us to see the title and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, you um, can't see it. Yeah, it's um a nation of flaws, just us in the homeland. A nation of flaws, just us in the in the homeland. Yes. And I, when I wrote the book, it was in 2014 after Michael Brown Jr. was killed. And we had gone to we were there when they were shooting. You know, when the police came after us, we were peacefully demonstrating. So we were, yes. And um, when I got when I got back home, I was so depressed that I I didn't go out. But I was sitting down and I said, I'm going to write. So I wrote and I included some of the people that were murdered back then, and um, including Oscar Grant and Michael Brown Jr and some of those that I knew of. And I put it in this book and also I put, I wanted to write the history of policing in the United States. And in the back I put, I wrote about the serial killers and the, you know, that are mostly white, white males who are all, you know, they, the, the most notorious ones get a documentary. You know, they, their families get paid, they do documentaries on them. And um, they do very little on, uh, you know, when our children are murdered, they do nothing, mm-hmm. you know. So I have, uh, you know, I wrote the stories about Sandra, uh, you know, I've made sure to include Sandra Bland. I met her mother. I met Eric Garner's mother. I have been, uh, and, and um, many of the mothers, you know, I have been sat with them and um, marched with them. You know, so I've, it's been a very cathartic thing for me to participate and to join with you guys who yeah. are going through what I'm going through. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's definitely strength in numbers. So you know, pick up um Ms. Anita Willis's book and mm-hmm. um, take a look at it. You know, knowledge is also power. The more we educate ourselves about what's going on, what the system is really about, we've right. had. We would love to say that you were the first guest that told us about uh, police corruption, but that ain't mm-hmm. the fact is police corruption is just as uh, <laughs> a part of the system as the system. Yeah. And, much, right? and the, the media it, here, I don't know what it's like. They are probably similar, oh yeah. but all they talk about is um, there's not enough police. That's what they support, more policing. Right. So it's always about crime on the media. I, I think this made a part of it is uh, that we have this mindset of the here and there thing, right? It's mm-hmm. the same across. I don't care what you say. 
don't care if you say in Alaska, don't say if you say in Hawaii, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of times, depending on where we're at, we have this mindset, we think that's only going on in our area. No, it's it's literally, we probably had a guest on this show since we're going to January, if you want to think different parts of the U.S. from West Coast to the East Coast. It's the same right. exact story yes. over and over and over and over again. It's a different name each week, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they only want to, they push it because we have a, well, we have an Asian mayor. Um, Oakland has an Asian mayor and San Francisco has a sister that's a mayor. So they really go into San Francisco about the crime in San Francisco. And when you go there, you can walk down the streets and there's, where's all the crime they're talking about? Trying to change the narrative. Yeah, they've always had homeless people. We've always had it since I've been, you know, an adult. There's been homeless people. Yeah. But now it's a, you know, now that we have these black folks who are in office, who are getting power, all of a sudden it's, it's like all that crime. We need some more conservatives in here. We need more concern, you know, with the right color. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, so, you know, we know those things are, haven't changed, but we're not going to let those things distract us. Right. We're going to keep on fighting. You know, uh, we uh, the people who came before us had bigger obstacles than yes, we, they did. Yes. And so if they were able to overcome some of those obstacles to get victory, we certainly have the 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 ability to do the same thing. So yes. Yeah, because we're you know we move because of the ancestors, right? They died to protect in there, you know. That's right. That's, That's right. That's why we're here. I'm going to share the link um, to the book. Someone asked for the link to your book. We'll put that here in the chat as well. And like I said again, with the cases, cold cases, even though it's not currently in the news or whatnot, it doesn't matter. It's still the cases on the books that are still reopened, right? We yes. don't stop fighting for justice. So we thank you so very much for joining us tonight. Roxanne, you. you want to watch us tonight? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's so nice to meet you and um, keep fighting. Keep yes, we're gonna be we're gonna be in person. I'm all over the place. Okay, okay. <laughs> nice to meet you virtually. Thank um, you to our audience tonight. Thank you for joining us. Yes, we keep fighting. We're not gonna quit. We're not gonna let up. We ain't shutting up. We're gonna keep fighting until yes. time. This has been life after the impact. Good, Good night, guys. How long was that DA? How long was he in office when this happened to Ruben? He'd been in the office 50, 52 years. 52 years. 52 years. You know, he was connected in a way that he had power for so long. 52, you know, and power can corrupt people. And absolute power can absolutely corrupt you right yes. you have unfettered power for a long period of time you just don't feel like you got to do nothing but sit up and just be powerful right but the thing what, which really um strikes me about your story is that when the da changed right we had to use all the tools in the in the sure. tool straight up we can vote in people who see our way we got to hold people accountable when we can't hold them accountable we vote if they don't want to be accountable, vote their asses out and vote somebody in who will do what we want them to do. We have that power, y'all. And what we're hearing from this evening is, is Oscar. Mr. Oscar is using his power for his family and to get justice for his son.